Welcome to Positive Adoption, where you can find adoption, foster care, and trauma-informed parenting all in one place. I'm Kathleen Guire, your host, mother of seven, four through adoption, former National Parent of the Year, author, teacher, and speaker. But more than any of those things, I'm a parent just like you. I know what it's like to raise kiddos from hard places. I used to feel as if I were the only one struggling, and because I felt that way, I isolated myself. I don't want you to feel alone in your parenting journey. So grab a cup of coffee and join me for Positive Adoption, a coffee break podcast. Hi, Kathleen Guire here. Welcome to Positive Adoption. And Sandra is back. And say hi. Sorry, I interrupted you. That's okay. It's your show. (laughs) All right, be quiet. No. (laughs) Um, Before we get into the topic, which is our children may not be excessively thankful. In fact, sometimes quite the opposite. They may be in survival mode, which was the little point I added that I wanted to talk about. But I'm going to begin with reading a little excerpt from the book, Five Things, a Tiny Handbook for Adoptive and Foster Families, which you can get a free downloadable version on traumainformedparenting.com, formerly thewholehouse.org. I spent years not telling anyone about what was happening at home because I was trying to cover my children and I felt guilty for complaining about something that I had asked for. In fact, the few times I did step out and confess I was bone-weary tired, I was told, well, you adopted the children. It was your choice. In other words, you ask for it. Not cool, brothers and sisters, not cool. Now that I am older and wiser, which took me about 60 seconds, I know this is a lie, for we will all have trouble in this world. But Jesus said to be of good cheer. He has overcome the world. When each of us steps out and uses our gifts, talents, and walks in the path that God has chosen for us, we will suffer setbacks and challenges along the way. The job of us, brothers and sisters in Christ, is to support and encourage, not stomp each other down into a pit, which I thought was a really good lead into our point that our kids are not going to be excessively thankful. In fact, quite the opposite sometimes. So I'm going to let Sandra talk for a few minutes on that topic. Hey there, it's great to be back and I actually have a little life story around this very topic. When we had adopted our children from Ukraine, our daughter Anna was seven, and I think she was home maybe six, eight months, and we had a birthday party for her. So mm. it was probably the first ever birthday party she'd had in her in her life. Mm. And our family was great. Our family, grandparents, everybody came to the party. And she got lots of gifts and she had some friends over and it was an amazing day. But by the end of the evening, she just had such a bad attitude, a bad Mm. mood. Her behavior was 
to me, and again, this is before we had any TBRI training or anything like that. I just, she just appeared ungrateful. Like we just gave you this birthday party and all these people gave you these amazing gifts. And, and I found myself reacting to her, what I perceived as ungratefulness or unthankfulness. And I started taking the presents that she got and stacking them up. Like I was going to take them away. And it just, finally, I, the Holy spirit somehow got my attention and stopped me. And I realized, wait a minute, this little girl has no idea how to be thankful for all of this stuff. Mm -hmm. First of all, she's never had stuff. She's come from an orphanage where all of the possessions in the orphanage, nobody has personal possessions. It's all community property. Mm -hmm. So she wouldn't, if I took all that stuff and put it in a garbage bag and hid it in the garage or something until I felt she was more deserving of it, she wouldn't, it wouldn't have phased her. That consequence would not have had an impact because she didn't see it as even her stuff or that it had any value. And the other thing that I realized is kids, kids that come from trauma histories, especially when there's been neglect, there's been abuse, they've experienced abandonment, rejection. Those things are so have, have taken such a deep root in mm-hmm. their hearts that they don't feel worthy of these gifts. And, and thankfulness really, sometimes we don't feel thankful. We might know we should be thankful for something, but our feelings don't always match up with what we know we should do. And we know we right. can't always trust our feelings. And and my, my, my youngest son, who's been really struggling during this time of COVID, so many things have rocked his world lately and we've pulled him out of school and he's now we're homeschooling him again and we were just having this conversation the other day because he's so stressed out and worried about things that aren't even anything he even needs to be stressed out and worried about Mm -hmm. but he actually said to me I I don't feel grateful I I, I'm not thankful for anything and Mm. like it was almost like he knew he was supposed to feel thankful but he wasn't feeling thankful Right. And I, so I just said, well, I'm, I, we have, we have to choose to be thankful. Just like love Mm -hmm. is something that we need to choose. Even if we're not feeling like showing love, we need to show love anyway, even when we don't feel like it. Thankfulness, our kids don't come wired to be thankful. They're not going to be grateful for the things that we've done for them. Their life with trauma, like, like you always say, right. you know, Kathleen with, with just their, their, the pathways in their brain are not wired for thankfulness. Right. And if you follow those pathways in their brain, they've not had anything to be grateful for before. And if they have for a moment, then it was taken away. And cause I have a similar story and it was, when our oldest adopted son was turning eight, my husband went out one day and just, he bought him a brand new bike. It was before his birthday. So he was just so excited to go buy him something because they had been, all of the kids had been sharing this old bike and riding it down the hill. And so Jerry went out and bought him a new one. And he told him to look out the window and he, Damien looked out the picture window and there's that brand new bike sitting there and he just stared at it. And Jerry mm-hmm. said, that's for you. And Damien, I'm sorry, I'm sharing this, but he just started crying. Mm-hmm. And 
so that was his reaction. But one of the other kids, his reaction was he laughed because he said, remember in the orphanage when I took a baseball bat to that bike? And Damien said, yes, and everybody was mad at you because then nobody had a bike to ride anymore. So why should they be grateful for something when it's very quickly taken away? Mm-hmm. And they will take it away themselves, like yes. with a baseball bat, because the spirit of rejection tells you, you don't deserve to have anything. Right. So if you don't deserve to have anything and you get something, you are going to destroy it in one way, intentionally or subconsciously, in one way or the other. And, and so that's why we, and the thing is, you know, look at your biological kids. Are they always coming back to you and saying, oh, thank you for raising me. Thank you for this. You know, I'll get that occasionally. And even my adopted kids will come back occasionally and say, thank you for doing this for me or thank you for doing that. But, you know, they're just, it's just not normally so. And I think the expectation is for kids who are adopted or fostered that they're going to be even more thankful and I'm just sharing, I'll share this little story from the book and then I'll let you talk. Your kids must be so thankful, a lady, she came up to me and said that right after the adoption. And I said, no, not really. And she looked shocked. I mean, she was literally shocked. But you think they would be because you rescued them from that orphanage. And, you know, I understand what she thought. So it's a common misconception Adoptive children, you think they would be, you know, like in the movies, so grateful, like, thank you for rescuing me. But that's not the way that they feel. They're not wired that way. And when we have these illusions of, oh, we're going to get these kids and they're going to be like, mom and dad, we love you. You might as well just kind of get that out of your head because it's not necessarily, it it will come that way later, but it won't be at the beginning, especially if their idea of mom and dad is not what we think a mom and dad is. So I'll stop talking and let you talk. Oh, thank you. Um, yeah, I, I've had people say the same thing to me. They, they, they they're, they're so lucky that you adopted them. And, and like you said, I get that where they're coming from with that, but what they don't understand is the trauma that mm-hmm. our kids endured and right. especially initially they don't know that this is going to be different or better and right. i think that with we have to build trust with our kids and i still my 15 year old who's been home he'll be home 10 years on thanksgiving day and he'll he'll say to me sometimes i don't trust you i don't mm-hmm. trust you and dad. And I could be offended by that because, Mm -hmm. well, you've been here 10, my brain is thinking, well, you've been home 10 years and we've never not fed you. We've, you've never not had what you needed. We take you to the doctor and we take care of you. And we've always, so we've, we've got a lot of skin in the game. We've proven we're trustworthy, but there are times. And I think especially lately with this COVID thing where he, he doesn't feel like he can trust what's going on in the world. Mm-hmm. Because one minute we can go to school and then we can't go to school and then we can't go to church and then you can't go to this restaurant and he, he his whole right. world is unsettled. So especially now, I think that's why lately he'll actually say to me, I can't be thankful Mm. because he's feeling 
worry and fear and that lack of trust. But to be thankful, you need to understand, you have to have that trust is connected to that somehow, because until they feel safe and they realize that this is better, then Mm -hmm. you may experience some gratefulness and some thankfulness. And our kids have over the years now, they do thank us for things and there are things that they are grateful for, but it took a long time for them to learn that they can trust us and this is good and I can be grateful for this now. But it, it takes a while for that for them to really reach that place. Right, because if a child has been neglected before he came home to you, he has been given the message, you don't exist. Or if a child has been rejected again and again, he believes he will be rejected again. So we have to remember that. You know, even some of us who have had trauma in our early life, when things get stressful, we begin to revert to those old habits of thinking of, oh, it's really difficult for me to be grateful today. And I have been focusing on trying to be grateful and succeeding because it's a it's a habit, it's a pattern, and it takes work. So if it takes work for us as adults, because when I get stressed, my go-to is if I do everything right, then everything will be okay. And that's not true, unfortunately, but that's my go-to if I do everything the right way. And so these kids already have their go-to's. And their go-tos are, let's go back to the way it was in the past. Every time stress comes, even good stress, like you were talking about the birthday party, that was an excitatory stress that still left the same impact as a negative stress. So we have to remember that as well. It's not, it's stress is stress, unfortunately. (laughs) You know, anybody who's, any woman who's had a baby knows that. It's like you you birth this child and you're so excited, but you're also so stressed and exhausted and depleted. And so good stress still wears us out. And I can completely understand where your son is coming from. It is difficult. And if our expectation of our parenting is on the fact that our kids will be grateful, then we're going to be disappointed. And we shouldn't set them up for that disappointment. And I have before, and like you shared in your story, you have before, and the Holy Spirit grabbed you and said, no, don't do this. This isn't going to help her. So we have to remember those things. And one of the reasons I wrote this book wasn't just for adoptive parents, but also for extended family and the church as the big C church to say to you, we're trying to tell you the way it works. We're trying to tell you these kids have had trauma. And if you will take the time to read this little handbook or listen to this little podcast and adjust your expectations of maybe your grandchildren or your cousins or your nieces and nephews who have come home through foster care and adoption, it will make life so much more pleasant for the family and for those kiddos. And they will feel safer They will feel more loved and they will feel more connected to you. So any final words from you? I love what you said actually about the stress, good stress, bad stress. Our kids' brains can't necessarily filter out whether it's a good stress or a bad stress. And we were actually in the car on the way to a fair 
uh, I, I forget how old our youngest son was at the time. So maybe he was eight, seven, seven or eight. And he was excited about going to the fair. He had been seeing the signs in our community. He'd been looking forward to it. And it was about a 30 minute drive in the car. And his behavior was just horrible. Mm-hmm. And my husband actually looked over at me and said, why is he acting like this? You would think he would be grateful mm-hmm. that he's getting to go to the fair. Mm-hmm. And it was actually after that, that I had learned somewhere in the TBRI training or somewhere that, that it's, that's, he, he was feeling those emotions of being excited about mm-hmm. this good thing, but he didn't know the proper response to positive stress or positive excitement because he's only used to the negative. Right. And that to me was like, wow, that makes so much sense. And, and, and that's the behavior are the behaviors are oftentimes telling us what they can't say verbally. Like he, he just couldn't say, I'm so excited at this. He can right. say this now, but this is when he was younger he couldn't express, I'm so happy and excited that I'm getting to go to the fair. He was just feeling those emotions and expressing them in a negative way because he didn't know how to express them in a positive way. We had to teach him that over time. Well, and that is such a good point. You have to teach them that. And you did such a great lead in for the next topic on the next podcast, which is poor choices in behavior speak what the child is unable to state verbally. So that's a good wrap up and teaser for next week. So thanks for joining us today on Positive Adoption. Make sure you grab your copy of Five Things, a tiny handbook for foster and adoptive families. And we will see you next week. Bye. Thanks for listening to Positive Adoption. Make sure you subscribe on thewholehouse.org to receive your gift of five things, a tiny handbook for foster and adoptive families, and receive a monthly newsletter plus updates when new books or courses are released. Please subscribe to the podcast on iTunes, Podomatic, Spotify, or YouTube and leave a review so others can find positive adoption and know the value of the show. You're welcome to send an email to me at positiveadoption at gmail.com and follow me on social media. You can find me on Facebook and Instagram at The Whole House and Twitter at Kath Guire. Thanks for listening to the show.